One of my favorite ways to unwind is by playing a game on my phone while I relax on the couch. And June's Journey is my new favorite as it combines several of my favorite things, finding hidden items, decor and design, and solving a murder. In June's Journey, you dive into June's captivating quest to uncover a scandalous hidden family secret while discovering the truth behind the unexplained death of her sister. As you uncover clues, you also get to build your own island estate with expansive gardens and beautiful buildings. You get to collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character. You get to chat and play with or against other players by joining a detective club. You'll even get the chance to play in a detective league to put your skills to the test. So can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. This episode contains adult themes and is not appropriate for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, the world. This is They Will Kill, a true crime podcast. I am Courtney Eck. And I'm Sadie Eck. And it's Sadie's night, and um, that's all I have to say about it. Go! Go! <laughs> do it! I figured Woo! after Courtney's been cooking out, cooking out, I've been pumping, pumping out the jams of terrible, like extra terrible lately. Yeah, accidentally. And not that my story's not terrible because it's actually very terrible, but I thought we should do another survivor story. I think that's a good idea. Everybody needs a palate cleanse. Everybody needs something to live for. <laughs> yes. And let me tell you, our survivor this evening is amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Not that they are all aren't all, but she's yeah. very amazing. There are heroes among us. Some people just shine brighter. Yep. Yes. Uh, so this is the survivor story of Jennifer Holliday and the murder of Anna Franklin. Okay. On May 29th, 2005, at around 2 a.m., 27-year-old Jennifer Holliday and her 18-year-old cousin, Anna Franklin, were on their way home after Jennifer had picked up Anna from a late-night babysitting job in Lufkin, Texas. They decided to stop at a local convenience store, and as Jennifer was leaving the store, a man approached her and made sexual advances toward her, which she blew off. Mm-hmm. Thinking nothing of it, she walked back to the car and drove away. As they continued down the road, Jennifer noticed a truck that had been parked at the store was now following close behind them. No, thank you. The truck followed them for a few miles until suddenly they heard a huge bang. Mm-mm. Jennifer described it as, quote, coming out of absolutely nowhere and was the, quote, biggest, loudest bang ever. Jennifer thought she had been hit by a drunk driver and pulled over. But Anna, who was in the passenger seat, was able to see that the driver of the truck had pulled up next to them and shot a shotgun at Jennifer's car. Oh, no, thank you. She was going 70 miles an hour. <sighs> yep. Jennifer was badly injured. The gunshot had nearly severed her left arm from the elbow what? down. What? Mm-hmm. Jennifer remembers there was blood and glass everywhere. So Ugh. much blood that she couldn't see through the windshield to drive. Uh-huh. As Anna tried to call 911 on Jennifer's cell phone, the truck pulled up behind them, 
and with the shotgun still in his hands, he approached Jennifer's side of the car. Once he got to the window, he said, quote, Hello, girls. Mm-mm. And started laughing. Mm-mm. He then reached through the broken window, took the cell phone out of Anna's hand, backed up a few feet, and shot into the vehicle. So... As many times as we've done this, I just can't believe that shit like this actually happens. I know. I know. I know. I can't help the whole time I was doing this one. Just like if one little thing had been different. Yeah. If one little. She'd gotten out of the babysitting job a little bit earlier. If they had gone to right. a different convenience store. If they yeah. had, you know, just on and on. Yeah. One little thing. Yep. None of this would have happened. Ugh. To them. It would happen to somebody else. Yes. Yes. The blast hit the back of Anna's head as she tried to turn away from the gun, killing her instantly. Mm. The man then grabbed Jennifer, who was still bleeding heavily, pulled her out of the car, and forced her into his truck. What the fuck? He then went back to the car to try and move Anna's body away from the scene. While he was gone, Jennifer noticed the shotgun on the seat of the truck and decided to throw it out of the vehicle. Yeah. She would later say, quote, Here I'm thinking, hey, I'm fixing to get rid of the only weapon he's got. I took the shotgun and threw it out the window and it landed on the highway. Once it was out of the truck, she noticed more guns on the floorboards of the vehicle. No. <laughs> no. Good, no. Infinite guns. Yes. She Fuck. knew she didn't have time to get rid of them all. The man wasn't able to move Anna's body, so he ran back to the truck and took off. Jennifer was still with him. Mm. And poor thing, if she hadn't been, like, very wounded, I'm sure she would have been able to use one of the guns. But, you know, he'd shot her arm nearly clean off. Oh, God. Well, uh, yeah, I don't, Mm -hmm. I, A, I don't know how to use a gun very well. Like, you know, if it's set up for me and handed to me, I can fire a gun. But I don't think the average person could just do it all properly no, especially with a severed arm exactly. in a crisis situation yes, yes. totally so anna franklin was born on april 26 1987 her young life was just starting when it was stolen from her anna loved strawberries in the color pink and white anna's mom robin franklin said quote her f- smile her voice she was so bouncy despite their age difference anna and jennifer were close anna thought of jennifer's young son as her little brother I really had a hard time finding any more about Anna. Um, mm-hmm. The pictures of her, she's just like 18 and bubbly mm-hmm. and from Texas and going to be a babysitter. And, you know. Yeah. Just a kid. Mm-hmm. A regular kid. Yep. So as the driver, who would later be identified as 31-year-old Eric Parnell, drove off, Jennifer described him as full of rage and very unstable. Mm-hmm. As they drove, Jennifer tried to decide what to do. Quote, I remember trying to decide, okay, should I try to grab his gun and use it? Or should I, I'm going to die regardless, she said. So should I at least go for it? You know, what do you do? She said that Parnell would hit her over the head, scream at her, burned her with cigarettes, and then would break into uncontrollable laughter. Oh my god. After driving for a while, Parnell pulled over on a deserted country road and forced Jennifer out of the truck. He made her take off all her clothing and then proceeded to rape her. Mm -hmm. After the sexual assault, Jennifer said Parnell was a different person. 
quote, he would start crying and then he would start, oh my God, what happened to your arm? And then he would go back to just screaming and raving, she said. What a fucking nightmare. I know. Back in the truck, Jennifer came up with a plan. She thought maybe Parnell was unhinged enough to be manipulated into helping her. Mm -hmm. While still bleeding heavily from her wounds and completely naked after being raped, she managed to be overly sweet and affectionate to the man that had just killed her cousin and raped her. Mm -hmm. Quote, I started rubbing on him and kissing on him. I was telling him, that was great. That was wonderful. And thank you for this good time. You little genius. Oh, it's so smart. It gives me chills every time. Yep. <laughs> Pretending to really, really enjoy what had happened. I could definitely tell that it was working, she said. Mm-hmm. She told Parnell someone else had shot her and he had come to her rescue. Quote, you just picked me up and we were going to take me to your house, remember? She said. And then he just looked at me like I was crazy or something. He said, well, no. And I was like, yeah, thank you so much. You didn't see that guy, John, that just shot me? That man just shot me and was going to leave me out on the highway. And thank God you came along and you saved me. <laughs> it's Genius. so smart. So smart. <laughs> Jennifer had to fashion a tourniquet with one of Parnell's shirts to slow her bleeding and started asking Parnell if she could please use his phone to call 911 for help. At first, Parnell refused to let her call the police because he had warrants out for his arrest and he didn't want to go to jail. Jennifer continued to stroke his ego, calling him her hero and asking nicely if he would take her to his house so she could call for help. Mm -hmm. He eventually agreed. When they arrived, his home was in the middle of nowhere. The nearest town was more than 20 miles away. No, no, no. To make things even more terrible... There was a small cemetery in Parnell's front yard. Mm-mm. Yeah. Jennifer said she was terrified already, and the cemetery only made things worse. That's, like I said, the fact that this shit actually happens, mm-hmm. that there's some unhinged killer rapist out there with a yard cemetery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? When a gun collection at the foot of his fucking truck. No. 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 Once inside, after more coaxing, he finally allowed Jennifer to call for help, but said only one ambulance could come. No police would be allowed up the driveway. Oh, boy. The fact that she didn't bleed out this whole time. Right. Uh, yeah. Or pass out so or go completely into shock. or Yeah. Yeah, it's so crazy. So by the time of Jennifer's 911 call, police had already found her car and Anna's body. Mm-hmm. Now they knew that Jennifer had been abducted and was with Anna's killer. Because Parnell's property was so remote and Jennifer was starting to feel faint, the operator asked to speak to Parnell to get directions to his house, and he agreed. Mm-hmm. While they waited for help to arrive, Parnell now seemed to fully believe the story Jennifer had come up with unbelievable quote it was just like he had not done anything and he really believed this other man had shot me she said wow he kept saying where did your friend go and i would tell him she's at the car remember she didn't want to come you were just going to bring me remember because parnell's house was so remote it would take a full hour before the ambulance arrived no thank you for that no the 911 dispatcher stayed on the phone with them the entire wait. Holy fuck. Yes. 
and told Jennifer when to leave the house because the ambulance didn't want to approach the home without backup. Mm. Parnell had Jennifer put on a pair of his shorts and one of his t-shirts and then allowed her to leave. Mm. He stayed close behind her as they walked down the long driveway. Quote, when I walked outside, he was right behind me. I remember fixing to walk up this hill, and I wasn't sure if it was trees or something moving, and I thought, well, maybe I lost so much blood that I'm seeing things. Mm. But Jennifer wasn't seeing things. Once she was safe in the ambulance, a SWAT team moved through the woods and overwhelmed Parnell and took him into custody without incident. Oh, I have chills. (laughs) No. (laughs) Jennifer was finally safe. Fuck yes. (laughs) So this story, I first saw it like a bazillion years ago when I survived, and I just have not been able to stop thinking about it. Um, My favorite murder covered it too. And I was just like, I I have to do it because I have never stopped thinking about her. Yeah. And how terrifying the story is and how amazing she was. Like I would 100 and thousand percent be dead if i was if it had been me you know i just wouldn't have been able to think like that (laughs) she's so amazing (laughs) yes well and i think all the time i mean a lot of it comes from our conditioning from watching horror movies but i wonder what the statistics are of people i i mean for women in met in situations with psychotic men that technique is so brilliant and i that's not the first story i've heard of mm-hmm. of somebody in captivity winning over their captor with like reverse psychology with sweetness mm-hmm. which oh god what a horrible thing to have to go through and have to put yourself through but it does seem like a good tactic especially if the person is clearly unhinged like Seriously. it sounds like he was yeah he wasn't like a mastermind of any kind he Seriously. was just having some kind of break do you want to so hear more about him genius yes yeah because i got got more about this dickhead (laughs) great so the next day eric parnell was charged with first degree murder aggravated sexual assault and kidnapping after his arrest he told police what happened and wrote a confession with all the details wow as part of the confession he wrote an apology to anna and jennifer's families quote i'm sorry for what happened i was completely out of my mind he wrote I know they cannot forgive me because I cannot forgive myself. Mm-hmm. In a jailhouse interview, Parnell said he was on Xanax the morning of the murder and had been kicked out of a bar that night for drinking too much. Mm-hmm. He said he did not know why he murdered Anna and raped Jennifer, but that he had been angry that morning after he'd called his ex-girlfriend but hadn't been able to talk to her. When her stepfather asked him not to call again and then hung up, he went into a rage. Yep. Mm-hmm. Then, seconds later, Parnell came across Jennifer and Anna. Yep. When asked if he knew who he was shooting at that morning, Parnell said he probably would have shot anyone he had seen. Mm-hmm. Parnell was born January 1st, 1974. At the time of Jennifer's abduction, he was wanted for a drunk driving charge and for failing to appear in court on a family violence charge. Parnell's girlfriend of five years and the mother of his two children told reporters that Parnell was angry and violent often during their relationship, but she never called police. Mm-hmm. He would threaten her, kick, slap, and punch her often. Just six weeks before the attack, the two got into a fight, and Parnell kept telling her that he was going to shoot her. 
She said she finally looked into his eyes and believed he would do it, so she finally left him, this time for good. Mm-hmm. Quote, that's the reason I left, she said. I just thought how wrong it was for someone to be able to say that so easily. I moved away to start a better life. We just weren't good for each other, and I thought if I left, everything would be okay. Oof. Her stepdad confirmed Parnell's story about the late night phone call and said that Parnell called at 3.30 in the morning wanting to talk to his girlfriend, but he refused to wake his stepdaughter up. Parnell called back three times, each time he was more angry than before. During the last call, he threatened to kill the stepdad if he didn't get his girlfriend on the phone, but the stepdad still refused and hung up on him. Good job, stepdad. Yep. Good good call. Yep. I'm sure the survivor's guilt is crushing. Yes. Yes. Good job. It was only a matter of minutes before Parnell found two innocent victims to take his rage out on. Mm-hmm. Family members describe Parnell as angry, clearly. <laughs> I mean, he was known to go, quote, berserk anytime anyone said no to him, and it would get even worse anytime he used drugs or alcohol. Yep. They believed because he had been drinking the night of the murder and was already angry after the phone call to his girlfriend that when he made advances towards Jennifer and she said no, he went into a blind rage. Yep. One family member said, quote, he was always kind of a bully. He's a taunting person who thinks he's above everybody, and he thinks that women are only here to please him, any and all women. I mean, that's like toxic masculinity to the 7,000th degree. That's just so creepy. I know that there are lots and lots and lots of people like that on this planet, but how? Why? Mm. What's the point? How does that happen? How do they not love people? Yeah. <laughs> does anyone not love people? You know, mm-hmm. I don't get it. I know. He, I'm clearly he knew no better. Like this was just the way it was. Women were there to be used. They were objects. Yep. I don't know how that happens. Nope. The sheriff's department had been alerted to Parnell's violence and the family had asked them to do something to stop him before he killed someone, but nothing was ever done. Mm-hmm. In December 2006, during the jury selection for his murder trial, Parnell decided to plead guilty on all charges and received two consecutive life sentences in prison and waived his right to appeal. Wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's good. I'm glad he did yeah. that. During the victim impact statements, Jennifer was able to confront her attacker for the first time and faced him for more than 30 minutes while she told him how his actions had affected her. Mm-hmm. Wearing a sleeveless shirt to show the thick scars from his shotgun blast that ran down her left arm, Jennifer struggled for words and fought back tears. Quote, All I can think about every time I think of her, meaning Anna, is how you left her, she said. Mm-hmm. She also passed along a message to Parnell from her son, who was seven at the time. Quote, He said he's mad at you that you took his Anna away from him. Mm-hmm. She told him... God will give me peace one day. I know he will. There's no sense to what you did. None. You will spend eternity in hell for what you did. I know that. Yep. But the struggle did not end there for Jennifer. Although she survived the brutal attack, she still faced massive medical bills after she underwent five surgeries to repair a hole in her bone. 
and to fend off infections from the nearly 40 shotgun pellets still lodged in her body. Oh, God. Despite all this medical care, she still needed more surgeries to fix her arm. As a direct result of the shooting, she lost her job as an EMT. You're kidding me! No. What? Yep. Because she couldn't use her hand. Her arm was destroyed. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Because she lost her job... She also lost her health insurance. Oh, my God. In the state of Texas in 2005, most Texas counties did not provide medical care to anyone earning more than 21% of the federal poverty level. So this meant that Jennifer could not get assistance. What the fuck? Quote, I'm trying to take it all one day at a time, trying not to stay aggravated, she said but I've had a hard time getting money from crime victims assistance. And most of that went straight to medical costs. Jennifer said she obtained disability, but by doing so she lost her Medicare immediately and she had to wait 24 months before Medicaid took over. I'm fucking speechless. I can't believe we do this to people. I know. I know. I didn't want to turn this into like a raging (sighs) fucking burn it all down conversation, but this is such bullshit. Yep. She lost her job. She got one assistance, which took all of the other assistance away. She needs help. She shouldn't have to pay for anything. The government should just step in and be like, we got you. Totally. We can afford your $100,000 medical bill or whatever. Yes. No prob. Yes. It should always be that way. But especially if you're a victim of a violent crime. Yes. You didn't do this. Your body didn't create this problem for your own body somebody else created this problem for your body and that's like the fact that people don't just swoop in and take care of it it's all taken care of i mean the fact that it's not just all taken (gasps) care of anyway for everyone all the time yes yes but at a (laughs) very very fucking bare minimum we should be taking care of people who have been violated yes If she had been a stay-at-home mom, she would have gotten housing and other government assistance, but because she had been employed, she and her son had to live on a $900 social security check every month. What the fuck? God. Quote, I understand a lot of it. I really do. She said, well, I don't, Jen. I appreciate your sweetness, but I don't understand it. (laughs) No, it's nothing to understand. Yeah. But it's just hard. I try to deal with it every day, one day at a time, she said. That's what they say to do, and that's what I'm trying to do. Keeping a bad attitude isn't going to help me any. With no public insurance option available at the time, and her income being too high to collect state assistance, Jennifer went into massive debt and could not afford the medical care she desperately needed. Mm. She couldn't even afford the physical therapy she needed because the drive was too long and gas was too expensive to get there. What the fuck? This is a fucking problem. Yep. Even two years after being shot, she was still in bad shape. Quote, I still can't feel the back of my hand at all. I can't put my hand to my face. I have no fine motor skills, she said. Mm. Like, she couldn't tie her kid's shoes. She could barely write. Like, she was just destroyed. Awful. Luckily, when a local hospital learned of Jennifer's story, they offered to pay for all the medical care she would need to restore function in her hand. 
I mean, the fact that they didn't just shoot and come in and say this is what happened, and they're no. like, it's on us, kid. We got this one. I know. And well, I'm like, yep, that'll be, I'm going to charge you for all of these things. Like, we do it anyway, and it's mm-hmm. insane that we charge you for every single fight. We clip and tube and needle and everything. They're, ah. No. <laughs> well, and the doctor who did the surgery for her eventually then said when he went in, the shit that she had put in wasn't done right and it started to heal wrong and was like causing her more issues and so he was like pretty much like i'll do what i can but it's not looking good for her and that just sucks like she couldn't get follow-up treatment because she couldn't afford it she couldn't even drive there if she could afford it and like who is caring for her the answer is nobody the state of texas nobody right texas it's like, can I go back in time? I was like, what, 22 or something in 2005? Like, let's go back. I will figure out how to get you all the money and drive you to, I'll move to Texas. I just, Seriously. I can't, like, God, we just, we have to help each other. Yep. We have to help each other. When we do, but our government should also fucking help us. Well, we have yes. Plenty of money. Yes. We shouldn't have to go fund me each other's, no. like, crises. No. It's absurd. No. I know. So in 2007, she was able to get the medical care she needed, but the nerve damage was so extensive, it's unlikely she will ever have full use of her arm and hand. Poor thing. Quote, my sole goal in life is to get back somewhat as I was before, she said. I know mentally and physically I'll never be able to go back to the job I used to have. I'll be able to do something else, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't find, I kept looking up sweet jennifer holiday to see if there's any updates i hope she's well i hope she's thriving i hope she can feel her hand yeah i hope that people are taking care of you that you're taking care of yourself yeah if you need a ride somewhere let me know (laughs) seriously (laughs) and that is the story of the survivor and badass jennifer holiday well, Jennifer Holiday is a badass, but that story sucked. I'm sorry. <laughs> you did not no. cheer up the nation with I'm that story. I'm sorry. I'm That's sorry. sad. God. I'm sorry. I know. You know? Yeah. Not that, any of, not that any of the stories that we tell are ever good. This is not a good story podcast. We've brought no. that up multiple <laughs> times before. You're not tuning in for good news. This is not upworthy. Uh it's the exact opposite of it but fuck man i know it's just like i just want that things to be good and people to love each other and care Mm -hmm. for each other why is it so hard why is power and money so powerful i don't know we've like lost track of our humanity so completely yeah i do not know i don't know i don't understand it i hate it I mean, I'm learning why the brain, the brains, our brains, <laughs> they're complicated. They are complicated and they aren't always looking out like they are always looking out for our best interests. But at the same time, that makes them do the opposite of what they should do for our best interest. Right. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like people who are obsessed with guns and have overactive amygdalas you know their brain is saying you're in trouble you're in trouble all the time you're in trouble and so yeah it's a little bit beyond our control 
But maybe if we lived in a proactive society versus a reactive society, we could curb some of that. We could calm down the fucking amygdalas a little bit more. 100%. Yes. Calm down the amygdalas. Help each other out. Chill out. You got to chill out, everybody. Take a deep breath. It's hard. Be kind. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Undo all of the things that all of your generations before you have taught you. Go yeah, to therapy. Break the cycles. <laughs> yep. Therapy is a huge step forward. Mm-hmm. Everybody's doing it right now. So it's hard to do right now. <laughs> right. I know. And you can't afford it. A lot of people can't afford to do it. And But you should definitely do it. Yeah. And like I'm going through a phase. Sadie is... Uh, been very open about her mental health journey recently. I've sort of accidentally fallen into a new phase of uh, self-understanding because a friend of ours was semi-diagnosed with ADHD and she was like, I think you have it too. And I've talked about the highly sensitive people stuff a couple episodes ago. um, And I was like, no fucking way do I have it. And then I looked into what it means for adult women to have ADHD. And I was like, well, fuck, I think I do have it. A lot of it, actually. (laughs) And I won't go into, I haven't been diagnosed, but it's an interesting thing to just sort of think that you are one way, right? Your whole Mm -hmm. life, because you don't have a point of reference. That's the weird thing about being a human being. You don't really have a point of reference. You just have your perception of other people. And we are constantly projecting our perceptions onto other people right and Mm -hmm. so and we are reacting and adjusting based on how people react to us and so you i'm 42 fucking years old you know i think that i know a lot about myself and then fast forward to this age that we're in where we have access to so much information and people can share their experiences at a crazy rapid rate and you realize that there's so much you don't know about yourself Mm -hmm. and who yourself is, is so complicated. And I want to find a doc. I mean, I'm going to, after the holidays, like find somebody to talk to, but I'm also like, who is going to be as interested in my specific brain as I am? Mm -hmm. Nobody. (laughs) like, (laughs) Because I'm like, I got a little bit of this and a little bit of this, and then there's lived experience. And then, you know, so I'm just thinking about all of the things that make us human beings and bring us to the points that we are in our lives and affect our every single fucking reaction of every single day. And it's a lot, mm-hmm. you know, it's a lot. And somebody who has thought about these things deeply for my entire life, I'm like, it's blowing my mind that there's so much about myself that I don't know, you know? Totally. That's, I mean, that's like one of the biggest things that, therapy taught me was how much I didn't know or that I thought I knew and didn't understand about myself or like uh, that it just didn't have to be the way I thought it had to be that was a big thing that therapy taught me and just sort of like oh it doesn't have to be so hard yeah relationships and the way I think about myself and all of it you know it just really blows your mind open that's why they call it a breakthrough right (laughs) (laughs) you're breaking through your preconceived bullshit that you've held on to your whole life. Yeah, yeah. it's very freeing. It's very freeing. Totally. Like, oh, I thought that I was normal. And it turns out I'm super not normal, you know, right. or t- neurotypical or whatever. Mm-hmm. And 
it makes me feel so much better about myself. Yeah. It's going to make me cry a little well, bit, you poor, know? Yeah, man. It's so big. Yep. <laughs> Don't make me cry. <laughs> I know. You just realize, like, how hard it is to be in a human body, you yeah. know, and all the things that we do to make it work. And you're like, fuck it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. I don't want to, I don't want to do it like that anymore. Mm -hmm. I've been doing it like that for so long because I had to, you yeah, know, totally. Yeah. We don't have to just sh keep trying to shove it in this space. that doesn't fit. You don't have to, you guys, no. you don't fucking have to. And figure it out before you hurt yourself or others. Seriously. I think it's really what it comes down to, you yep. know? Yep. Yep. Big yeah, because Sadie and I had a pretty good... We had a lot of good tools in our fucking toolboxes. And mm -hmm. you still have so much to learn and so much healing to do. Mm -hmm. Let alone people who were not given many tools. And then beyond that, people who, like, anytime they picked up a tool, got it slapped out of their hands. You know? Yes. So, yeah, take care of that little heart and mind and brain. And Jesus, thank God for the internet, honestly. Yep. <laughs> I keep saying, I think the age of Aquarius is just ticked off. It's <laughs> <laughs> so true. Yep. You know? Yep. And I'm if like, you're struggling, you're not alone. You might no. feel like the most lonely person all by yourself and nobody else has ever been through what you have. And I guarantee that's not true. You're not alone. Yep. And I think there's a lot of, like, simultaneous relief and then, like, anger that comes with finding out stuff about yourself. Because mm -hmm. you're like, fuck everybody who made me feel that I had to be a certain way, you know? Yep. So. This is how y'all doing? Seriously. How's your brain? <laughs> this is on, like, a, such a small scale, like, a much smaller scale. But I, I was watching a tiktok video of somebody teaching you how to draw and i was always told that i wasn't a good artist or whatever i didn't have any natural just ability yeah. i still don't i don't understand it and then i but i was watching it i was like oh so the people that can i'm using air quotes draw just yeah knew how, they just learned how to do it nobody ever taught me and yeah. our stupid asshole art teacher in the middle of school was like terrible to kids who didn't have anyway you know i was yes. like oh if i wanted to and i don't know that i really care i could learn how to draw because it's a skill that i could learn because i have yes. a brain <laughs> you know, like, yes you know. no 100 percent. i didn't know how to draw or paint and i went to college for art because right. i was like i want to learn how to draw and paint i'm paying for my own college i'm gonna do whatever i want mm -hmm. and guess what i did i learned how to draw and paint pretty well yeah like Right. Can, I'm not going to do it ever again. I haven't done it since college, but it was fucking <laughs> awesome. It was so awesome. Yeah. It taught me so much about myself. But yes, you can learn to do anything you want to mm -hmm. fucking learn how to do. Yep. Yeah, anything. It's not just what your like parents or whoever assign you when you're seven, whether you're good at it or not. <laughs> totally. And I've been thinking a lot about that because you know we've been in a period Sadie and I sort of simultaneously you know starting this podcast I think was the beginning of it and some other things but if there's something you want to do just do it like go out and figure out how to do it I, I remember running a mile for the first time when I was in AmeriCorps and that like just completely changed my life because mm -hmm. I was like an unathletic kid turns out I'm pretty fucking athletic but exactly what you said like nobody ever encouraged me to explore that side of my personality because I was also bookish, you mm -hmm. know? Totally. So yeah, 
If you, I told Sadie and her best friend, I ordered some fake nails on the <laughs> internet because I was like, I love the way that looks. I love the way like almond shaped nails look. I think it's really pretty and kind of sexy and I want to wear them. And so I'm going to fucking wear Do them. it. Do I don't it. know where I'm going to wear them. Everywhere. F- You're just going to wear them. Right. And look not. at them. And- Whatever I want. Yes. If you want to order the fake nails. I did a lot of research. I think I found a good set that doesn't look like shit. We'll see. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's my money. I could spend it on whatever I want to. And I want to spend it on... My wife was like, oh, okay. She might veto it, but... <laughs> <laughs> not up to her. Like, your body, your no, choice. No, exactly. It's totally not up to her. <laughs> whatever that looks like, you guys. Shit, do yeah. it. I hope you yep. start getting like the super long ones, the pointy ones. I want you to go for it. Whatever you like. I, yeah. And I, I don't like those ones, but... Yeah. But if I did, I would wear them. <laughs> I can't wait. Um, what else? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm just I'm pretty well done. My kids are sick again. Uh, um, you, know. you guys sent me a ginormous, this might be the biggest pile of names to date. Oh my God. So I'll just uh, jump from crying about <laughs> mental health in America and myself to... Names. We should we should have a jingle. We should write an actual jingle for the name section at this I'll, point I'll get because right on it's it. like so established. Here comes the names, and they're not just games, but they same. <laughs> but they same. <laughs> but they same. <laughs> um, Cody uh, on our Peloton. If you know, you know. Uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, Cody was calling out writers and he called out a Karen pancake. I almost fell off my bike. Oh my God. Did he announce how amazing that name is? No, it was like, and Karen pancake and Josie fuck, fuck, butts 27. (laughs) (laughs) I hope that was a real name. (laughs) Jody fuck butts. Josie. I'm pretty sure Josie Josie fuck butts 27. I'm going to change my Peloton. I say, it's time for a new Peloton Oh, names. no. <laughs> Can people, like, inch away from you in Peloton, like, totally. on board? Because your name is Josie Fuckbutt. <laughs> can't do it. It's all, like, hashtag Peloton moms and stuff Seriously? when I do it in the morning. Hashtag hardcore. Oh, my God. Okay, so somebody knew some twins named Heaven and then Nevea, which is uh... Heaven backwards. <laughs> Uh, somebody said, I think my name might be one and your name is Dawn Frost. And I would agree with you. And my childhood best friend forever was Dawn Fields. Ah, they're sisters. Yep. From other misters. Uh, there is a reality winner. (gasps) Mm Mm-hmm. Did they win reality shows? Let's hope. Uh. I can't remember the context, but I, they might've been the one that was involved in espionage. (laughs) <laughs> i think it was let's hope I can't so believe i didn't write that down i meant to write that down but i anyway i'm pretty sure reality winner was involved in espionage uh yadong <laughs> yeah yadong not to be confused with dick pound oh man that, i love that i love it uh just in case yep <laughs> yep 
Dreamascape? <laughs> My God. <laughs> that is not real. It, yes, Dreamascape. S-K-A-P-E. Dreamascape. Wow. Oh, some name, some uh, stores. Baguette Me Not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Curl Up and Die. I love a salon pun so Curl much. Curl Up and Die. Curl Up and Die. Wow. Yep. <laughs> love a salon pun. Um, we have one, this isn't a pun, but we have a salon in my town called Sheer Illusions, and it's so <laughs> dramatic, and I love it. We have one that's called Country Cuts with K, Country, two cuts. That one's been K's. there since, like, probably the 60s. It's been oh, around forever. since we were children. Yeah, yeah. I drive by a lot. Country Cuts. Uh, Martha Will Fart. <laughs> <laughs> W-I-L-F-A-R-H-T. Oh, no. Oh my god, there's a bunch of sports ones. Somebody sent me a whole slew of sports ones. Spikes Dykes. <laughs> no, Spike Dykes. Spike, Spike Dykes. That <laughs> made me a slobber. That's the football coach for Texas Tech. Um, Rusty Cunts. Yeah. This is the coach for Casey Royals. <laughs> Harry Colon. Wait, so the Jacksonville again? Harry Colon. <laughs> In the no. Jackson for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh my god. Jim Bob Cooter is an NFL coach. <laughs> of course, Dick Butkus. How do okay. we forget? Yeah, how Dick is that not Butkus. like number one on our number list? Number one. <laughs> Cindy Pancake one. Dick Butkus two. I think he's so famous you just kind of forget that that's a funny it's name. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Um, God, Sham God? <laughs> I'm sorry. Is it NBA coach for the Dallas Magra- Mavericks? Yes, it is. God, Sham God. That's amazing. Wow. Uh, <laughs> wow. Oh, so there's a couple of, I think this person works in a hospital. They said that there was a first, first name reason. So the person's first name was first name reason. <laughs> and then another one who's was first name beautiful. So I'm assuming... Yes. The, the parents filled out the birth certificate funny. First name, beautiful. So their legal first name is first name, beautiful, and first name, reason. That's amazing. Yep. Uh, there's a Selena Salinas. <laughs> I said Hispanic version of David McDavid. Right. Uh, there's a man named Albino, and they said in Spanish, the meaning doesn't change. Just FYI. <laughs> there's a gay, and I can say this because I am one. Fag it. F-A-G-G-E-T-T. <laughs> no. And a Gaylord Fago. F-A-G-O-T. <laughs> We've talked about Gaylord Divine. We have talked about okay. Gaylord Divine. Yes. Uh, Wendy Wacko. <laughs> God. I don't know why that one got... <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit! Wendy Wacko, tickle tickle bones. Um, there's a hair salon named Chin Hair Salon. Uh, take me there. God, I need to go there right now. Remedy this. Uh, op- actor Rob Morrow's son's name is Two Morrow. <laughs> All right. Yes. Uh, some delicious couple in New Zealand chose the names Fish and Chips for their twins, oh. and the government outlawed it. It wouldn't let them. Why? I don't know. That's not a. That shouldn't. That's because New allowed. Zealand cares about its residents. Oh my god! <laughs> no, I'm gonna go get dogs. I'm gonna go get two dogs because that's what I need more in my life. Are 
dogs. Oh, yeah. And name them fish and chips. That's so cute. So cute. Yummy. I don't even like fish. I want that. God, I love fish and chips. Um, Matthew Correspondent is the name of a journalist working for the BBC. (laughs) That's like a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Yeah, it is. I'm going to name my kid Jackson Doctor. Yeah, Doctor Lawyer. (laughs) Doctor Lawyer. (laughs) DDS. Um, a couple got engaged, and their hyphenated name is Rolo Coaster. <laughs> yeah! Oh, I'm so jealous of that God, name. Seriously. How stoked are they that they found each other, they like each other, and they're getting married? <laughs> Probably so at that jealous. point, you meet a Rolo and a Coaster, and you're just like, all right, we got, we're, it's, yeah. a, this is you and me. Yeah, yeah. Like, I like you enough that I would marry you just to get that name Seriously. Oh my god, somebody has a friend whose last name is spelled R-A-P-E. Oh my god. That's it. I'm assuming maybe Rape. I don't know. I hope so. They had to change it to Grape in order to get a Facebook page. <laughs> oh no. Yep. Oh no. And that's it, you guys. Oh, that, that was a good one. That good was a good job. Haul. Good job. Y'all woke up from your Thanksgiving turkey Seriously. slumbers and tsunamied me with love seriously i'm so proud of myself i really once i notice that it, there's a name coming i just ignore whatever the correspondence is i'm really proud of myself yeah it, it's so it's, it's really more fun. funner yes. more funner um <sighs> well you guys uh, uh go ahead and sign up for our patreon because we're gonna have a party soon and also yes. our my new life resolution other than wearing fake nails is that I want to do less video production and more podcasts. So I'm saying this out loud. This is That's the manifestation. Good, good. I want, we want to do this as a career, as a living. Yep. I don't know if there are enough people in the world that dislike cops and like, <laughs> oh, love sure vaccines as much as we do. So <laughs> it's a very niche group of you out there, but. I wouldn't take um, too many. We just need like a couple more. <laughs> yeah. Couple I mean, Gen Z has, have, has Gen Z found podcasts yet? If so, Probably. we are in like Falun. Seriously. Um, but yeah, so if you want to sign up for Patreon, that would very much help us get to that goal. And we're also going to have a party January 22nd, I think we decided. We yep. have to figure out. We're going to have two parties, a day party, a night party. But we have to figure out when the, the day party ends. is. I keep calling Courtney and be like, we got to figure out what, what time. And then I'm like, I'll do it right now. And then I don't do it. So I, I need to do it. Yeah. But right around January 22nd. January 22nd, if you live in the United States of America and you want to join us at the nighttime Eastern time. Yes. <laughs> or the morning time, other time. I don't know. Anyway. We'll yeah, figure it we'll out. Get, we'll clear it. We'll get our shit together and announce that soon. But that will be happening in January. I will be pulling tarot cards for people who want them and people who don't can just Enjoy pull up your favorite it. beverage yes. and chat with your new best friends because it was so fun last time. So fun last time. Yep. Um, and in the meantime, you can go to our Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at They Will Kill. You can go to our website, theywillkill.com, and you can email us at theywillkillpodcast at gmail.com. Rate, review, subscribe, please. Yes, and also just go ahead and go over there, and we got like a really mean review. I'm just making fun of us. Yeah. Saying, which is mean. That's bully shit. I yeah. don't like that. That's, so go bury that. Seriously. up shit. It's Eric Parnell bullshit. It is Eric Parnell bullshit. Like, it's fine if you have an opinion about something, but that's just rude. That's just bullying. Yep. 
Uh, or just go over and look at it. And like, <laughs> deck. And flip it off. <laughs> <laughs> hey, rate, review, subscribe, please. Oh, that's what you just said. Oh. I said it <laughs> <laughs> Do it again. Just keep doing it. Uh, yep. Thank you, AJ Burgess, for our music. Thank you so much. We love it. And remember. Um, just know that you, there is so much inside of yourself that you don't know yet. Yep. And that is simultaneously terrifying and also so exciting. Seriously. All the things that you don't even know that you get to know and do and be and not be and leave behind and pick up. And it, oh my God, it's endless. endless. It's endless. If you want to be, if you want to learn how to weave on looms, you can do it. You can do it. If you want to learn animal husbandry, you can do it. Totally do it. If you don't know how to cook, you should definitely learn how to cook. Definitely. That's like the easiest place to start. I would say if you want a hobby, start with cooking. That's where I started, honestly. Seriously. You know? I started with horseback riding when I was 12. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I love horseback riding. Yeah. Canter. (laughs) Yeah. Post up. What is it? Posting up. Trot. Trot. Canter. Posting. That's English, right? You post. Probably. I'm doing it right now. Um, Do whatever you want. (laughs) (laughs) It gotta go. That sound signifies goodbye. Goodbye. We love you. We love you so much. Goodbye. Goodbye. (laughs) Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.